You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. So much to get into today on a Monday following Super Bowl 52. You can follow me on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. If you're new to the podcast, we do this every single weekday. Breaking down the Bengals, talking about the offseason now. Your number one spot for Bengals offseason coverage is right here. Locked on Bengals, locked on Bengals.com. Make sure you subscribe. Google Play, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can get the Locked on Bengals podcast. And I want to start with last night because last night, whoo, that was great, right? It was it was a great game. It went down to the wire. So many things I want to discuss. But I, I was at a Super Bowl party. And a lot of casual football fans, there weren't many diehards. I wasn't with any Eagles fans necessarily or any Patriots fans necessarily. Just football fans and casual ones at best, at least some of them. And one of them turned about halfway through the fourth quarter. And she turned and she said, you know, guys, this is a really fun football game to watch. Why aren't Bengals games like this? And I, I, was, I thought about it for a second, and, and I didn't say much then in the moment because I'm super focused on the game. I wanted Tom Brady. I, I make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I wanted him to get a sixth ring. I don't know if we'll ever get back there again. A lot of uncertainty with the Patriots moving forward. But she said that. Why aren't the Bengals games watching them as fun as this? This is so fun. And she was spot on. She was completely right. Super Bowl 52 is about as entertaining as it gets. Think about it. The the loser, the losing team on offense, never punted, turned the ball over once, had over 600-plus yards of total offense, scored 33 points, 500 yards through the air. That's the most yards, most points in a Super Bowl that you end up as the loser. There was the most yards gained in NFL history in an NFL game yesterday. Think about that. So, obviously, it was a really fun game. But I was just thinking, because to me, obviously, a really fun game, not every football game is going to be that way. But how many games this year for the Bengals were fun to watch? Well, the 20 to nothing game against the Ravens wasn't because, well, they didn't score. The 13 to 9 game against Houston wasn't fun to watch. The the Bengals-Packers game, that was good at Lambeau. They lost 27-24. The Bengals-Browns, Fine. We could say that that was fine. It was entertaining. They scored 31 points. Bengals-Bills wasn't entertaining. Steelers-Bengals, the first time around, not that entertaining. Bengals win over the Colts. Bengals win over the, the, the Bills. Neither one was that entertaining. Their loss to the Jaguars outside of the fight, it was a very boring football game. I mean, the Broncos game that they won and the Titans game that they lost, those were entertaining. The Steelers game that they lost was entertaining. The Bears game, brutal. The Vikings, brutal. So we're talking about Vikings, Bears, Colts, Jaguars, Steelers the first time, that's five, Bills, six, and the first two games of the year, seven, eight. Half the games this year that the Bengals played weren't even entertaining. And the question then becomes why? Why weren't they entertaining? Because wins and losses happen. But like even Patriots fans, like it's a heartbreaker. 
That game was so much fun. Back and forth, back and forth. The, the Eagles had the Patriots on their heels the entire night. But Tom Brady's great. Bill Belichick got out coached, if you asked me. And Doug Peterson was awesome. And that brings me to my point. There's a difference between Marvin Lewis and really good football coaches. There just is. There, there's, a layer, there's a difference. Doug Peterson, his team went 10 of 16 with a backup quarterback on third down. Two of two on fourth down. So I'm going to go ahead and up that. 12 out of 16 on third and fourth down. That's, in, that's insane. That's insane. That means they converted 12 of the times that they faced a third down, either on third or fourth down. Nick Foles completed 11 out of 14 passes for a ton of yards. I don't have the yards in front of me. 100-plus yards, two touchdowns, 156 quarterback rating on third down. That's just on third down. And Peterson said this after the game. You learn if you play passive, if you play conservative, if you call plays conservatively, you're going to be 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, and seven every year. Every year, Frank and I, just having that collaborative spirit to talk about things and talk with our quarterbacks and just come up with ways of keeping this game fresh and fun and exciting for our players, that's where really where it all stems from. You know what stands out to me there? Two things, the 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and, and the fresh, fun, and exciting. What about the Bengals organization is fresh, is fun, is exciting? Not much. And you know damn well Marvin Lewis would have kicked a field goal up 15-12 and taken an 18-12 lead. Instead, Doug Peterson finds a, a play that the Patriots weren't ready for, that they weren't prepared for, and boom, huge play, 22-12 at halftime. The Bengals would never do that. And a lot of you today, and I understand it, are going to say, well, Nick Foles led the Eagles to a Super Bowl in the playoffs. If he can do it, Andy Dalton can do it. And a lot of the local beat writers are going to tell you the same thing. Beat writers, local media members, a lot of them are going to say that. And that's fair. If you look at it strictly, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. I don't know if Andy Dalton in his life has made those tight window throws Nick Foles made yesterday. Did you, did you watch him? So with that being said, let's just say Andy could do that. Let's just say that. Can he do it with Marvin Lewis as his coach? Can he do it with Bill Lazor as his offensive coordinator? I don't think so. And that's where it stems from. That's what it ties back to. Like, even if Andy is that good, and can do what Nick Foles did, which I think is very questionable. Can Marvin Lewis do what Doug Peterson did? He doesn't do that in the regular season. He wouldn't go for it fourth and one against the Steelers in the regular season on the one-yard line. And you expect him to do it in a big game? There's no way in hell he's doing it in a big game. And that's the problem. Coaching, coaching conservatively is a good way to go 8-8, eight and eight, says Doug Peterson. He wasn't worried about the backlash or worried about Tom Brady or Bill Belichick on the other side. No, 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 no. He said, you know what? You guys can't stop us on offense. We are going to go for it. We're going to score. 
and we're going to keep you on your heels. And the Patriots were on their heels all game, or the entire game. They got dominated up front. Yes, Brady's great. Bill Belichick got his ass kicked. Bill Belichick got his ass kicked last night. So did Matt Patricia. The Patriots didn't punt on offense. They never punted. And yet, and yet, they didn't win. One turnover. It's not like they had five turnovers and that was it. The Eagles outcoached the Patriots. Doug Peterson outcoached Bill Belichick. And I think that's the first time I've seen that in a Super Bowl. Seriously. It's not like Philadelphia did like anything crazy. On fourth and one, down one, they throw it to Zach Ertz. And it's a simple pick play. And Ertz is wide open. Now, I'm not a football a football player by any means, play basketball, and it's a lot like a screen. They, they run crossing routes a yard and a half down the field, and they're running past each other. And the, the wide receiver, the tight end from the Eagles, hit the defensive back guarding Zach Ertz. And since it's within five yards, you can do that. Bumped into him, incidentally, but that's just how it works. It's, it's a rub route. It's one of those things. And that's fine, but get around it. He, he got hit, clipped, didn't see it coming, and boom. Ertz catches the ball. Stuff like that. Bill Belichick's squad, the bobbled snap, the special teams miscues, even with like 45 seconds to go down eight. They do the little tricky, rinky, dinky, stupid kickoff trick thing where they tried to reverse it, and that makes zero sense to me. It makes zero sense to me because, yes, I get it. Philadelphia kicked it shorter, so you'd have to return it. Let that bounce. Let it bounce into the end zone. Clock hadn't started yet. Save the time. Get it at the 25-yard line. That's what normally a Bill Belichick coach team does. They think about everything. Oh, we're not going to do some desperate, weird reverse thing on the five-yard line. We're already up against it. We're going to get it at the 25-yard line with 48 seconds left and have to go 75 yards. That, that was a huge play. That 15 yards was huge. Changed everything. Because then if you're Brady, you can complete one pass over the middle, even over the middle, get it to the 50-yard line, and now you're, you, you have shots all day. You have four or five shots, time for at least that. Instead, they got one shot. That, to me, was just another miscue. Bill Belichick got coached, outcoached yesterday by a guy that if you're the Bengals and you're a Bengals fan, and odds are you are if you're listening to this podcast, and Doug Peterson, you want that. And unfortunately, you're not going to get that because there's no way in hell Marvin Lewis is going to change. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. You can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and so much more. By the way, on LockedOnBengals.com right now, I wrote about the six players the Bengals drafted ahead of Tom Brady. Check that out right now. Two wide receivers, two defensive backs, one running back, and one kicker. Find out how their careers ended up. I wrote about each one on the website, LockedOnBengals.com. We'll get back into Locked On Bengals in just a second, but just another announcement here. Locked On Reds, we're getting there. Locked On Reds is getting up and running. I've gotten some tweets about it. The goal is to put it up on every single medium that we have here. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, all of them. So if you're a crossover, if you like Reds and Bengals, 
Make sure you subscribe when it comes out, makes its debut. I expect it to come out soon with spring training right around the corner. Locked on Reds. It'll be a daily podcast to give you your Reds insight. So make sure you check that out when it debuts and stay tuned for that. Um, Stay tuned here on the podcast. Also, on Twitter, I'll announce it, at James Erpine on Twitter. But just looking at the game yesterday, the, the other thing that stood out was the, 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 the miscues on special teams on both teams kicks-wise in the first half. Obviously, Jake Elliott missed an extra point. Then the Eagles go for two, which I was not a fan of doing that and chasing the points there. Uh, that goes goes without saying now. It doesn't matter. But like later in the game, it totally mattered. It totally mattered because then they had to go for two to be up seven and they missed it. So they were only up five and it doesn't matter because Brady fumbled there, the strip sack, but they don't have to do that. That's why I'm not a fan of chasing points early if you don't need them. Obviously it worked when he went for it on fourth down on the one right before halftime. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of miscues, but the insight, the the, the one thing I want to mention, and I, I, I have fun with Jake Elliott and the whole Jake Elliott thing. I would have kept Jake Elliott. I, I've said it time and time and time again. He's younger. He's the guy you drafted for a reason. And, yes, he missed the extra point. And, honestly, the, there's so many people that are like, I'm so sick of the Jake Elliott thing. Whatever. That's fine. The big takeaway I had was Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead had three carries for 18 yards, six yards a pop, had a big 46-yard reception. And to me – Burkhead, why the hell couldn't he have been used here in Cincinnati? Jeremy Hill couldn't do that. And yet the Bengals kept... That's the problem. The coaching staff didn't change. I watched two teams yesterday that used three running backs effectively. The Patriots and the Eagles. Corey Clement catching touchdowns out of the backfield. Which, by the way, why can't Giovanni Bernard be used in that role? The Bengals don't know how to use three running backs. I don't even know if they know how to use two running backs at the same time. Doug Peterson does. And that's the problem. Like, Joe Mixon has more talent than LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi. Like, I'm dead serious. Way more talent. Giovanni Bernard, Corey Clement, very comparable. Clement runs with more power, a little bigger. But, like, catching out of the backfield, this team couldn't figure out a way to use both guys all season. Going back to 2015, 2016, Rex Burkhead, they didn't even try him, even though the running game was struggling. Didn't even try him. Nope, let's go. Three yards in a cloud of dust. Jeremy Hill. It's so damn frustrating. So a lot of you are going to say, well, 7-9 and nine to Super Bowl champs. That's what the Eagles did. The Bengals can do it. Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. The two things that, that stand out to me, three. I'm not sure Andy Dalton can play like that at that high of a level. Nick Foles was making some damn good throws last night, man. Really good. One, the fourth down, pressure in his face, free rushers. And you think Andy Dalton isn't bailing? Nick Foles hung in there, made the throw to Zach Ertz. So there's one. Two is coaching. We expect things to be different and to get a different result. A lot of the coaches are the same. A lot of them are the same. Same offensive coordinator. Same head coach. Same message. And that's the other thing is you expect them to be more creative. 
utilize their backs the correct way, be that fun change of pace offense that gives Andy Dalton, sets him up for success. All of that is there, right? But the coaches are the same. So I'm not sure that that's going to happen. That's the the doom and gloom side of things. Doug Peterson went 7-9 in his first year. Then they went out and got a bunch of free agents. That's number three. You think the Bengals are going to go out and get Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith and Corey Clement and or not Corey Clement, but uh, heck, the, the cornerback last week that had the interception, uh, two weeks ago rather, Robinson. That's who it is, Robinson. Or, or trade, make multiple trades for corners, make multiple trades. Ronald Darby's who they traded for, the cornerback. Trade Jordan Matthews think they're going to trade for Jay Ajayi you think they're going to make the necessary changes to get a roster that good because that roster is better than New England's what you saw yesterday was the greatest coach of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time go up against a better team in Doug Peterson out coach Bill Belichick and while the Patriots offense rolled despite Brady getting hit he got hit a decent amount and they got some pressure on him didn't sack him much just that one strip sack But they got pressure on him, man. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to is coaching. And Bill Belichick was stubborn with Malcolm Butler. In hindsight, it's pretty clear. Malcolm Butler should have played the second half. I always hear about Bill Belichick and halftime adjustments. What changed after halftime on defense? Because they couldn't stop the Eagles at all. When they held Philadelphia to a field goal, it felt like a win. felt like, woo, like in Madden, when you hold your opponent to a field goal, you're like... Got him now. I got him now. It's over. I'm about to go down and score a touchdown. And that's just how it felt. That, that was the type of game it was. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I look at it and I want to believe, I want to buy in to, yeah, things can be different. The result can be different. And yes, they've changed some coaches. But until I see Bill Lazor be different and give us a different result than what we saw last year with him at the helm for 14 games until I see something different from Marvin Lewis, who I've watched for 15 years, which is 15 of my 26 years on earth until stuff like that happens. Why would I buy in? Why would I say that that could be the Bengals until I see Mike Brown say, you know what? We got to be active in free agency and get players that, that help us. Chris Hogan, huge yesterday. He's the guy that the Patriots got. To replace Brandon LaFell. Rex Burkhead, gigantic play. He's a guy the Patriots got to supplement Deion Lewis, to supplement James White, who had three touchdowns last year in the Super Bowl. They keep adding. How will the Bengals add this offseason? That's what I really, really want to know. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. We are looking for local advertisers. So if you're in the Cincinnati area, want to reach Usually men, usually men listen to this podcast, men 18 to 44. The Locked on Bengals podcast is the place to advertise. You can email me, jamesrpine at espn1530.com. Send me a DM on Twitter. My direct messages are open at jamesrpine if you want to advertise. I would love to have you as an advertiser here on Locked on Bengals. I'm James Rapine. We'll be back at it tomorrow. We'll dive into the Bengals offseason. If you missed Friday's podcast, Joe and I previewed Super Bowl 52, but skip ahead. I had a really unique 
idea for how the Bengals can get better on offense. It's something they would never do, but I think I'm going to write about it. And if you listen to it already, you know what it is. But uh, I'm excited because it's it's one thing that you want to be like the Eagles. You want to be great at something. Then uh, a move that I think they should make. Yeah, I'm going to write about it. I'm going to go ahead and write about it. It's a trade. Ain't no way the Bengals are making the trade, though. <laughs> Make sure you keep it locked on LockedOnBengals.com. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're new, welcome. Thank you for listening. This is the number one spot for Bengals off-season coverage. We do it every single day here on Locked on Bengals. So make sure you stay tuned. Keep it locked here. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast.